everyone, and welcome to the Vatatime Podcast, where we aim to spread positivity, sustainability, and a more conscious mindset. We're your hosts. I'm Bianca. And I'm Amanda. In today's episode, we will be discussing our experiences with the vegan diet, the connection between veganism and sustainability, and if this is something you're interested in, how you can get started. Hey, Amanda. Hey, Bianca. How's it going? It is going. How are you doing? I'm doing so good. I've been having such a good day. Tell me about it. So um, I had a little bit of work this morning, which is never fun on a Saturday morning, but got that over with. And then me and my husband, we went to this awesome restaurant on the water next to the Brooklyn Bridge. So nice. And had some nice tofu, coconut curry. It's delicious. Some green juice. Just living it up. I posted a picture of the green juice on our Instagram, so if you guys follow us there, you can see it. Um, But yeah, now I'm here. I love coming to your place. It's so much fun, such good vibes. Smells amazing. Some sage, some Palo Santo. So very good vibes here. I love that. And guys, we danced for about, I would say like a solid, maybe like 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, we put on some like money mantra manifestation songs. We lit the sage, opened a window, let out any bad vibes that were in, in the room, in the apartment. And we just danced and we had the, the like LED flashing lights going. It was Club Vata up in here and we just had fun and let go and it felt great. I felt like a huge release after, so that was yeah. awesome. We definitely sweated out. <laughs> yeah, we were out of breath after and had some water. But <laughs> Amazing. No, it was so much fun. So anything new since our last episode? Oh my goodness, yes. So um, how we so last episode we focused on the five languages, the five love languages. Yes. And our little challenge at the end was to do something that corresponded with your love language. And mine being quality time. Today, I took myself out on a little datey this morning. Oh my gosh. It was great. I went and got bagels at my favorite bagel. I got a bagel, not multiple. I got a bagel (laughs) at my favorite bagel spot. And so it's a plain bagel with tofu, sun-dried tomato, um, cream cheese. And then I went to a local coffee shop and got coffee. Then I sat um, down at a park and people watched while I drank the coffee. And it was just great it was a great day and I took my headphones out oh my gosh and I rode my bike I rode, you rode, I rode the bike city bike outside finally this is the first day since my goodness like winter started so I don't know like end of no I guess mid-november ish yeah until now so it was so good to get back on it and I left my headphones out for most of it so I could be present wow. for the moment and just like not detach and I like it was a great day so those bikes have been covered in ice snow for months so that's amazing that you got to ride a bike that's so nice that's spring vibes i know what you're all thinking bianca what did you do to satisfy your love language well i didn't (laughs) i forgot i should i need to start anytime we do a challenge i'm actually two episodes behind so i think two episodes ago the challenge was um how are we getting more green what are we looking into and i actually looking into green cleaning products and one of the things I found was the south suds but I'm like way behind right now on the love languages you gotta give me like a two a two week three week research period (laughs) Uh, I'm not quite there yet but I will get there I will write myself the love letter and I will take care of myself in the way that I wish to be treated but I 
am a little late and I forgot, which is why I will write it in my planner. There's no deadline on these challenges. These are just things we put out and you complete them whenever you want or you don't complete them. Love, it does not matter. Love that. So in today's episode, we're talking about veganism and a vegan diet and kind of our thoughts behind all this and how we got brought into this world, not brought into this world, but brought into this vegan world, let's say, right? So one of the big things that I like to think about when I think about veganism and plant-based living and all that good stuff is like, we're all raised a certain way and in a different way, right? Like we are raised, um, eating a certain way, praying a certain way, learning a certain way. So I really do think it's important to always be able to take a step back and ask ourselves, why do we do things that we're doing in our daily basis, right? Is it because we're told to believe something? Is it because we were raised a certain way and, you know, we're expected that this is custom, this is like, this is our culture and all those things, but maybe those things that we were raised to do don't sit right with our ethics anymore and our, you know, who we grow to be because we're consistently growing and ever evolving people and souls, right? So it's just like, People don't know what they don't know. And I just really do think it's important to always take a step back and ask ourselves, why are we doing certain things in our lives, right? When we grow up, right, you kind of eat the food that is given to you. So whether your parents are making it or if they go buy the groceries and then you make your own food based off of the groceries that are bought in. And then as you get older and either you move out on your own or you start buying your own groceries, that's when you... And personally, that's when I made the shift of like, oh, I'm in control of what I want to eat and what I want to do. And like, you control it. Yeah. So even though I feel like, what is that? Maybe like the first 18 years, it could be the first 21 years of your life that Mm -hmm. you're just kind of doing what you're given. And then later on, you make the connections, as you said, and you realize, okay, maybe these aren't the things that still align with myself. And you make some adjustments depending on that. Yeah, totally. I actually learned these after going vegan, which is funny, but some things that I didn't know that I found out later on that uh, definitely shift my uh, perspective on some things in the food industry. So I just thought I'd share them for fun. (laughs) We're listening all ears. (laughs) So, okay, when you think of dairy and milk, specifically, so I did not know this, but female cows are the only cows that can produce milk so like okay that kind of makes sense so the female cows are the dairy cows yeah so and when to produce milk cows have to have given birth so right these dairy cows these female cows have to be pregnant yeah and then after they are pregnant that's when they are, are able to produce milk yeah i don't know why that was so shocking to me but like in my mind i just think that cows can always produce milk and it's just something that is like normal to them and they produce milk but like they don't they don't yeah it has to be a pregnant or a recently pregnant cow yeah it's like a mother think about your mother or uh, your wife who's a mother or your girlfriend who's a mother right or anybody who's pregnant you only produce milk after being pregnant and you have a baby and the baby drinks the milk from the mom right that's what's normal but I guess we don't have that connection because we just see that gallon of milk at the grocery store and we pick it up and it's 
pretty packaged and ready for us to go. We don't make that connection. But yeah, that's a huge point that it has to be a female cow. There's no male cows producing milk. Like that would be weird. (laughs) And they have to be artificially inseminated. It's, it's sad, but we have to make that connection. And, um, it's so important to make that connection. I really do. Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. I mean, I, I had, I, I don't know why it took me so long to make that connection, but once I did, I was like, holy cow. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) That was a perfect analogy. (laughs) And one more analogy that I wanted to bring in that I did not know until after going vegan, but they did this social experiment, right? So they were giving free samples of milk and people were drinking it. They didn't tell the people what kind of milk it was, where it came from, and people were just drinking it. So these people drank the milk, and after they asked them, what do you think? What are your thoughts? The people were so happy and just saying how great it was, and they're like, okay, what kind of milk is it? Like, let us know. And they pulled down these signs, and it was dog's milk. (laughs) These people lost their mind. They started screaming and yelling and were so upset that they were given dog's milk. And then I I took a step back and I was like, okay, wait a second. So what is the difference between dog's milk and cow's milk, right? So we're raised to think that cow's milk is okay, but then we look at another animal and we cannot even fathom to drink that kind of milk. So it's like, how were we, I don't want to say like the word brainwashed, but essentially like conditioned Mm -hmm. to think that like one milk, one animal's milk is okay but in other animals, milk is, like, extremely repulsive. Like, yeah. who drew that line? Society. Like, it's messed up, but it's co- the culture. Yeah. And it's it's messed up because it's the same thing. It's an animal. It's an animal who you should not be drinking, right? It's not normal to drink milk after a certain age. Like, you're supposed to drink it as a baby. <laughs> but as an adult, it's not normal. Like, would you drink breast milk? as an adult (laughs) like why is that repulsive right like people are doing cow's milk but yeah so it's just like taking a step back and not saying that like we think that these ways are the right ways and that you need to do them but like pulling the curtains back from behind your eyes and realizing like okay what a society painted this like beautiful picture for me and kind of like deconstructing that and like using your own mind and peeling back the layers to figure out what you want to do and what's right and like not just seeing the pretty green pasture with the happy animals on it but like coming to the realization of what's actually happening yeah (laughs) no that's (laughs) That's it no that's that's great i totally agree with all that i love that analogy too that social experiment um but like for the people listening I know that they may be confused as to, like, what's vegan, what's plant-based, like, what are the differences, right? So I I just want to throw it out there for our listeners that are listening and are are maybe a little iffy on the subject. I know that I was when I was reading up on it for this episode. I was like, I didn't know that. That was a difference, right? Um, So a plant-based diet is predominantly plants. So people use the term to refer to the diet as, like, 100% plant-based, but sometimes they include small amounts of animal products. So maybe if someone is plant-based, they will predominantly eat salads and like 
veggies, roast veggies or whatever, but on the occasion they'll eat chicken or steak or whatever on a very minuscule event, right? Um, a vegan diet is different because it eliminates all animal products. That includes all meat, all dairy, eggs, butter, all of that stuff. So that's the main difference is that vegan being vegan is more strict, I would say. It doesn't allow for that like occasional animal product, right? Um, so that's the main difference um, between vegan and plant-based. Plant-based is not as strict. It allows for that occasional meat, seafood, occasional dairy products, um, but veganism does not. And then there's also another thing, but I don't want to complicate it too much, <laughs> but there's also whole food plant-based diet, meaning these are people who eat predominantly legumes, veggies, fruits, starchy veggies, and whole grains. And they allow for things like meat, eggs, and oils on an occasional basis, but they predominantly avoid oils and highly processed foods, which we can get into later, but I know being vegan doesn't always mean being healthy because there's also a lot of processed vegan food, right? But um, it's important to realize like there's many different ways of life, right? There's many different diets to follow. And if you recall from, man, maybe it was episode number one or two, this is why I am not a fan of labels, right? (laughs) Because we're sitting here researching for this episode, reading the labels, and I'm like, I had no idea that was the actual definition of plant-based. And yeah. I could have been calling myself plant-based without truly understanding the made-up version that someone made of this definition. <laughs> like, it's, like, when you start getting into the details, because, right, you have, like, the raw vegan and then the whole food, and, like, it's just so yeah. much. Yeah. And it's overwhelming, so that's why it's easier. It's, like, it's not an all-or-nothing thing. Like, you don't have to confine yourself into this little box, because once you confine yourself into this box like your mind subconsciously creates like this pressure Mm -hmm. and like oh well what if I want to like eat this chicken does that not mean I'm I'm vegan anymore and like how do I define myself if I'm not this certain thing Mm -hmm. so just forget about the label do what feels right and eat what your body is asking for like truly what your body wants eat it just go for it and listen to yourself yes I am air clapping for Amanda right now I love that um, it's so true. I love love following all of those rules <laughs> and non rules. <laughs> we create our own rules. We create, we're creating our own reality. And okay, since we're we're talking about the the labels, and even though we we don't we're not confined by labels. Um, <laughs> do you mind giving everyone a little bit of background around your journey? transitioning into being vegan so like how long have you been vegan what was that final last straw and what was your process like how did you go about it yeah so um I went vegan back in 2014 so now that's about six and a half years seven years almost so it's been a long time since I've been vegan um and I have I I love this life honestly I can never go back but what how I came into this idea of like veganism was that one day I remember it was in college, right? In your very formidable years, I would say. And you're, I was watching a Ted talk and the Ted talk was saying like, Oh, um, you know, if everyone did meatless Mondays or whatever, actually 
the you know the climate change and global warming and all that would it would help a lot with the environment and I was like what the heck I had no idea that eating meat was not good for the environment and that's when I first made that connection that oh, okay like I care about the environment and I want the world to be a better place right so then I uh, started researching more about veganism and like the vegan diet and then of course I saw the videos online and I had never seen any type of animal like being hurt before so like those videos really I'm like very very compassionate so I felt those videos like in my heart in my brain I saw them and I was like I guess you don't make that connection all the time that when you're eating like a chicken sandwich or chicken nuggets or something that that's an animal like that's that's a dead animal and like you don't think about it when you you know when you're so conditioned you know like when we're so conditioned our whole life that this is normal this is what we eat like making that connection I it was like a flipping a switch I was like oh my gosh this is an animal this is a dead animal this is not food anymore this is like I wouldn't eat a squirrel <laughs> or I know some people might but I would not eat like you know a house pet like that's that's an animal and I just it, it's all the same now so I made that connection and I was like and then of course there's like the health benefits but that was following the first two and so you know once you learn so much about this it was like man I I can't go back so um I actually transitioned slowly into veganism a little bit I could say so I allowed myself some freedom to uh grow into the vegan world and vegan diet right so I started off and I would eat meat and dairy on the weekdays and on the weekends I would go vegan and then once that became easier I switched it and then I was vegan during the uh, week and then ate meat on the weekends and then on the weekends, I was like, forget it. Like, <laughs> I, I don't feel good anymore. Like, my belly hurts. And my heart was already telling me, like, I should not be eating meat anymore and dairy and all that. So it got to the point, I just remember, I we had, like, a jar of, like, Alfredo sauce. And I remember it was new, and I used to love Alfredo. And I'm like, oh, you know, I don't want to eat it, but it's there. And I never ate it. I remember I was like, that was the last, <laughs> that was the last straw for me was throwing away that fettuccine Alfredo. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's kind of my background behind me. Did I answer all the questions? I <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or So one other thing I want to ask, like, how was the support from like your friends and family was it something that you shared is it something that you kept quiet to yourself so like there was no pressure of other people like how, how did that go yeah so like at first I didn't tell anybody obviously I told I told my mom um but my mom was never really a huge cooker so like I would always make my own food anyways and so that was kind of on me and at this point I was already in college so I was you know I'm working and making my own money so I'm making my own groceries and all that and just cooking my own food um so that was not not awful I figured that part out on my own but um you know I didn't want to tell people at first because I was like what if I don't what if I don't stay vegan? Like, what if this is only like a six month thing? And <laughs> the label, this is and where then, the label piece is important. Yeah, and then people are going to hold me accountable to that, right? So I didn't tell people for a little bit, but after a while, and you know, after my heart was telling me, like, this is like, 
I will never go back. <laughs> That's when I decided, you know what? Yeah, whatever. I'll tell people. And you, you quickly find out, like, you know, when you're going out to eat and you're ordering food, like, it becomes very apparent that you're vegan. <laughs> and then you go through a path. I, at least I go went through like a passionate phase where I'm like, I love the animals so much. I care so much. Everybody must know. How could you guys not realize this? (laughs) So then I became that person. And then I, (laughs) as time went on, I (laughs) backed down a little bit because then I got into the mindset that I should not be controlling people, that people who want to be vegan will be vegan like you can only tell people about your experience you can't force people to do anything like they have to want to do it out of their own heart you can't make people care (laughs) exactly yeah so what about you tell me about your vegan experience and how you became vegan and all that good stuff so my experience going vegan i my my roommate and i at the time one of us saw some article about how being vegan made you feel lighter and just a lot less tired. And I, I believe there was a, like something that it made your eye color lighter. <laughs> and that was like, we were like, we need to try this. <laughs> so that was how it started. And so we were like, okay, Monday, we're going cold turkey. We're, we're vegans. And so <laughs> that's... <laughs> lol so that's how we first started and at the time my my roommate actually got like really sick not because of being vegan but she got bronchitis Mm -hmm. and I ended up catching like not bronchitis but I had a cough and I remember like we were both sick in the apartment and we're like there eating salads (laughs) and I'm like I'm so sick right now and she's there having like a coughing attack and I remember I I ate my salad and I start like choking on a piece of lettuce and then had the worst cough attack and I was like I can't do this I need to go get some chicken noodle soup right now like this salad is not cutting it for me like no but um ate my salad and then uh, we, we both were sticking to it and so that first weekend came up and I went to Krispy Kreme Krispy Kreme donuts And I wasn't going to get a donut, and I was with my friends, and Krispy Kreme, the wonderful employees there were like, everyone's getting free donuts! (laughs) And mind you, this, again, was my first weekend being vegan, and so I was like, I'm getting a free Krispy Kreme donut, I don't care. Like, that's the universe telling you. Yeah, I was like, uh, you know, this is your last little bit, enjoy the donuts. (laughs) So I I got the Krispy Kreme donut, and I was not vegan after that, so that, that kind of broke that so that was my first experience going into it and then later on I don't know how but it kind of came back into my life and I was like this time I'm going to do it differently I'm not going to do my extreme drop everything and you're now vegan kind of life I'm going to be a little bit more rational about this decision (laughs) so um what I did was I just started not buying I started buying not buying things that weren't vegan. So I stopped buying meat. I stopped buying anything with dairy, with eggs, and I still had other leftover food in my fridge. And instead of just throwing out and wasting that food, I'm like, I will just eat what I have in my fridge and continue to buy things. But anything new coming into my house will be vegan. So that is how I transitioned into it. So it was like kind of not cold turkey, but a little bit more rational thinking. Yeah, yeah. Um, But you, like, if you went out during that time, were you eating vegan, like, at restaurants and stuff? Yeah, so still eating vegan, and now 
so oh and to answer this like i have been vegan a little less than bianca so like a year less so what did what what did you say i was like at six and a, six and a half seven years six and a, okay so yeah. i'm five and a half six <laughs> um so around that long and if you think back around even like five years ago being vegan wasn't really as popular as a thing like if you mm-hmm. told someone or if someone found out that you were vegan you kind of got that like slight eye roll they're just kind of like like you're one of those vegans but now yeah. it's like oh cool you're vegan tell me more about it like that's typically more of the response instead of like a more negative response and now that more people are into it the options are greater so whether that be at the grocery store or eating out but eating out is so much easier than it was back then because back then you kind of had to like learn the menu and learn what you could eat and you might only be able to eat a salad but now that's not really the case because there's so many alternatives and like there's a demand for it so a lot of consume a lot of producers have adapted to the consumer yeah so it ties into our power of money episode absolutely like if like if we're going for date night i am not going to a restaurant that doesn't offer a decent vegan option right like i'm not gonna go sit at a restaurant and have a salad with oil and salt and pepper right like i want a nice dish if we're going out to eat like i'm willing to go to a non-vegan restaurant as long as it has a decent vegan option so i think people restaurants and all those people like they realize like they're gonna lose out on like money if they don't produce like decent vegan options so that's 2021 do we want to give a little background story about how we were (laughs) so (laughs) this is a really funny story of Bianca and I meeting circa six years ago and so Bianca and I were both in the same accounting club and when when you're in yeah this is our oh my gosh so when so Bianca was already in the accounting club because she was a semester ahead of me so I get into the accounting club and when you get in you're assigned a mentor and when they were doing the placements of everyone Um, the officers at the time decided that Bianca and I would both be a great match to each other because we were both vegan. (laughs) So, like, obviously we would hit it off and become besties because we were vegan. They created a monster. We have to look at what we have become. (laughs) I just want to thank all of the officers and everyone who placed us together because... (laughs) They have no idea what they created. (laughs) Oh, man. It's it's funny when you look back in retrospect. It's like masterminds. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's it's hilarious. Like one thing in common, oh, they're both vegan. They must be great. They'll be great together. <laughs> they were right, but it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Oh man, love it. I love our story. It's cute. Everyone, this is a story of how we met. <laughs> how I met your best friend (laughs) (laughs) like guys when I saw Bianca in this club like I I knew like I just had like I was like I want to be like her she was such an inspiration for me and the fact that we were placed together like she was my mentor I was beyond excited and ecstatic and I was like oh my gosh like I am so lucky to have her as my mentor and I feel like I I brought this up to her a few months ago and she was like yeah like I don't really remember like being paired or the process like they kind of just put us put you put us together because like we were vegan and I was like l o l but like blessed but like (laughs) 
I'm literally blushing. I love you so much. Oh my gosh. I, I can't. I feel like at that time in my life, I was so busy all the time, like really dead busy just going through life. So it makes me so happy that, you know, we were paired up and it's like we met, like we're in each other's lives for a reason. Like it's so funny because we both started out in Florida and now we're in New York. Like what are the chances? And now we're sitting on your bedroom floor making a podcast like that. That doesn't happen on accident. Right. Like the universe put us together so that we can fulfill a higher purpose and we're doing it. I'm going to cry right now. (laughs) Wow. Thank you, universe. Thank you, Bianca. Thank you, everything, for aligning so perfectly for this moment to happen. Thank you. Like, I, and now I, I look up to you the way that you look, you're saying you looked up to me. Like, I look up to you because you meditate and you do Reiki and you, all these wonderful, like, spiritual things that I didn't know before. And I'm like, I want that. So I'm going to start meditating and I'm going (laughs) to healing myself and going in deeper and all that so I am just a projection of everything you see in yourself because you are meditating what are you on day like 70 something (laughs) day 80 something of meditating and you're growing so much and everything or anything that you see in me is something that is already in yourself and I'm just so happy that we can be positive influences on each other and Mm -hmm. Thank you everyone for listening to this moment that we just shared because we're looking into each, other, into each other's eyes right now in tears and I'm just so grateful for our friendship. Oh, I love you. I love you too. Thank God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Wow. This is real talk right here. Yeah. Guys, do not underestimate your friendships. Like life is all about friendships and love and it's all about what brings you fulfillment and I know this is off topic I know that we're in a vegan episode but like this is happening and we have to talk about it like please 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 take care of your friends like love on each other like encourage each other push yourselves forward pull yourself up and pull your friends up that's how you get through life and make it a good life so we're living life we're doing good loving life life is so good it's the community like as much as we think that we can go through life by ourselves and be independent and like we can but when you have people around you that bring you up and support you it's only going to make your life even greater because they're going to bring out even greater things and you're going to bring out even greater things in them and it's just raising the conscious of the collective together yeah love it building our tribe i love you i love you more (laughs) (sighs) so vegan (laughs) So, it's a rabbit up back into the veganism. No, because we just have so much love. We want to share it with everyone. And one of those things is loving little animals. And that's that's what we're doing. We're a love machine. Love, love, love. Love is coming out of the microphone, into the microphone, out of your speakers. Love. <laughs> I need to blow my nose. <laughs> so, kind of to bring this full circle... As we say at the beginning of every podcast, in this podcast, not only do we aim to spread positivity and a more conscious mindset, but we also aim to spread awareness about sustainability. And this is one of the issues. So, right, sometimes there's so many different things that we can do to be sustainable and so many, like, little things that we can do to change it, but, like, 
from the ground perspective of it all, sometimes we deviate from what the actual problem is and try to take like little little steps, which all the little steps are good, but little shortcuts around what the actual problem is. And sometimes there are even better and even easier actions that we could take on a daily basis than ones that are so extreme. So would you like to take it with the first fact? Because these are so fun. So we did some research for this episode. And one of the facts that we found online is that it takes 1,847 gallons of water to produce one pound of meat. Okay, one pound of meat. Think about how much meat you meat eaters eat. I'm not sure how much one meat one pound is, but it seems like a normal size of like maybe half a hamburger or something like that. I don't know. Um, and so, okay, so 1,847 gallons to produce one pound of meat, but it only takes 39 gallons to make one pound of vegetables. 39 gallons. So that's literally like 1,800 gallons. That's actually insane. Like think of your, your gallon of milk or just like a gallon of water. Think of 1,800 of these gallons of water. Like I, I'm just trying For to fathom one that. pound of meat, okay? And like the part that gets to me is like people are out here telling us to take shorter showers in order to save water. Like no, I don't want to take a shorter shower. I will take it however long it takes me to get clean. <laughs> and then, you know, I just want to tell people take a shower and eat your vegetables. Like take your shower, wash yourself, clean yourself, however long that takes, and just eat your vegetables. If you really want to save water, the best way to do it is by cutting out that meat because that is literally 1,800 gallons difference for one pound of meat. Like, just take a shower and eat your veggies, guys. Like, that's it. <laughs> that's all I have to say. That's my take on, on, this, on this topic. I love that advice. That's like a tagline, take a shower and eat your veggies, done. It's yeah. plain and simple. Done. Like, be conscious. Don't be in the shower for two hours, right? But, like, don't tell me to take a short shower, a three-minute shower. I can't even, you know, shake my one leg. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, this is where it cuts out from, like, the sometimes we're deviating, deviating away from the actual problem and taking shortcuts. Like, this is the yeah. prime example right here. Yeah. Like, this is, this is the culprit. Let's nip it in the butt. Done. <laughs> All right, ready for number two? Here we go. Let's do it. So producing a little more than two pounds of beef causes more greenhouse emissions than driving a car for three hours, and it uses up more energy than leaving your house lights on for the same period of time. So the equivalent of producing two two pounds of beef is the uh, is more than the equivalent of driving your car for three hours or leaving every single light on in your house for three hours like that's crazy and it goes the same with like the pound so if you get a like a quarter pounder burger like okay (laughs) like a quarter pound burger times eight so like that is the same as driving your car for three hours or leaving every single light on your in your house for three hours like that's crazy can you imagine driving for three hours no, it's but, been so long. It sounds so painful. It's a long <laughs> like in traffic. Uh, no, thank you. Maybe like a nice RV trip. Three hours? That sounds fun. Like sitting in the back while someone else drives. <laughs> yeah, but it's that same amount. Same thing. People tell us like, you know, don't don't drive as much. Like carpool, this and that. But then it's like, are you carpooling and eating 
a hamburger at the same time because then you're like basically canceling out your impact right um so i'm not saying like okay like yeah it's good to do it takes steps to become better but also like think about like why are we doing things like is there a more effective like an actual better way to get to where we're going um but yeah that's a good take on that. So, um, you know what, one thing I've heard when I first went vegan and, um, I didn't think about it. I thought about it a lot back then, but now I haven't thought about it in a while, but for this episode, it reminded me, I had heard a quote in one of the documentaries that I watched that was like, if we used all of the grains that we currently feed to the factory farmed animals, um, like, that you know like the cows have to be fed and the chickens have to be fed and the pigs have to be fed and all that if we gave all of the food that we give them all the grains to actual people who are starving there would be no more world hunger so you just think about that for a second like we have to produce food to feed these animals and we are mass producing these animals like that's unnecessary when we could just be giving the food that we produce for those animals to actual humans who are starving. Like it is such an insane concept. Like we can survive off fruits and grains and veggies. Like we don't need meat, it is excessive. And then, you know, we could solve some serious issues. Like we can solve some real world problems, right? But it's just like, you know, just a thought. It's crazy when you put it into that perspective it's like you have to mass produce food to mass produce that food to then produce that food out like there's so many inefficiencies in that process right there like the waste of food and like even if you look at the emissions like the people that are having like just the transportation for that food it's just there's so many pieces to that they need an audit someone go audit (laughs) these factory farmers that's hilarious Oh, man. And something that you said in that um, kind of a point that I want to bring up. So you said, like, people, like, we don't need meat to survive. And this was, I know this is, like, a huge concern of people. Like, they want to make sure they're getting the right amount of nutrients and that they're hitting all of the levels they need to in, in blood work. And I always suggest, like, before you decide to go fully vegan or even if you want to go fully vegan, like, do it but if you are concerned about this like get a blood test before Mm -hmm. you go vegan or maybe if you decide to do it for a certain amount of months and get another test after to compare your results and to make sure you are where you where you need to be so growing up right like I was always having low iron and I was almost anemic and I was to the point where I was taking iron pills and if I didn't get my iron up to a certain level like there were going to be issues And this is something I struggled with, like, through all of my life, even through college. And in college, when I decided to go vegan and make that transition, I got blood work done a few months after being vegan. And this was the first time in my life that my blood levels were perfect with iron. Like, I was, like, I was ready for the news. I was, like, okay, like, how deficient am I? Like, just, it's routine by now. And they're, like, no, your iron's perfect. I was like, are you serious? Like, wow. that's huge because it's always like, where do you get your, where do you get your iron from? Are you getting enough iron? And it was like so beautiful to be healed with food yeah. and not having to take that iron pill and knowing that the food that you're putting into your body is enough. So 
In that same result, I found out that I had low cholesterol, which is opposite, right? Because you always hear of high cholesterol and it being too high and people having to get on medication and change their diet to lower it down. But I actually, my cholesterol was too low and to do, like, to combat that, uh, you're supposed to eat more nuts and oils and avocados. So Mm. it's, I know, I was (laughs) like, I could do that. No problem. That's easy. (laughs) Guac, here I come. But, um... It's, it's good to, to test, to get your blood levels tested, just to be aware, to make sure that things are okay. But for people that like are scared that you're not going to get nutrients, like the food is here to heal us and like that shouldn't be a deterrent for you. And if you do want to track, there's different websites where you can put in your, the exact food you're eating and give, it could give you your macronutrients, micronutrients to make sure you're getting everything. But if you're eating all the fruits and veggies and making sure you're hitting, like, encompassing all yeah. the different groups, like, you're going to be okay. It's been seven years for Bianca, six years for me. We're thriving. Yeah. We are great. We are functioning. Like, energy is higher than ever. Like, no major health problems whatsoever. So just wanted to throw that out I there. love that, yeah. Because it's, like, the first thing people ask you, oh, you're vegan. Oh, where do you get your protein from? It's like, I get it from... My chickpeas, my beans, my lentils, my, you know, tofu, my tempeh. I get it from so many different sources. My spinach, my kale. So many different ways that you can get your protein. And it just takes a little bit of research, right? Because people don't know what they don't know. So, um, you know, just a little bit of research. And I love what you said with your story. Um, And I'm so glad that you don't have to take iron pills anymore. That's great. I love that. Um, so what, what kind of responses have you gotten from people when you tell them, uh, you know, you, you want to change the world, you want to go vegan and, um, how have non-vegan people reacted to that? (laughs) So now is a lot different than it it used to be kind of like what we said before, because I feel like now when people find out like, you're vegan or plant-based or whatever, they're, it's, like, it's coming from a place of more interest, like, oh, really? Like, tell me more about it. How, like, how do you do it? Yeah. And it's coming from a place of curiosity. Mm-hmm. And back then, I feel like it had a different connotation, as in, like, oh, you're, like, one of those. <laughs> um, but I will never forget, one person told me, I don't understand why you're vegan, because, like, you being one person cannot change the world. Uh. yeah (laughs) that hit hard and on my graduation cap it said be the change you wish to see in the world yes because like I like okay (laughs) tell me more I'm listening I'm not vegan to change the entire world and tell everyone to be vegan and force any of my opinions on anyone but I'm going to do what I believe is right. And if other people want to do it too, that's cool. But when you look at a five-year difference between how many people in the world are vegan versus now and how many more options there are versus now, like, it's insane. Like, it's so normalized. And, like, back five years ago, I'm telling you, like, there were not the same amount of options. Like, you go in to buy milk, you're buying almond milk. Now you go in to buy milk, you you can get pea protein almond milk, macadamia almond milk, soy. Oh. Oh, mm, that's a good one. Cashew. Yep. In multiple flavors. So you're getting the chocolate, you're getting the banana, like it's... The vanilla. It's crazy. Like it's actually crazy. Like it's, it was really nice 
as an indecisive person getting not as indecisive anymore but back in that time it was nice having one option going into a restaurant (laughs) because it's like amanda you are going to eat this and like okay cool (laughs) now it's like going to an entirely vegan restaurant and being like okay what do we get yeah like i'm trying to decide between option a b and c like which one oh no (laughs) so (laughs) it's a good problem to have though it's it's a really good problem to have what has been like your response have you dealt with any like yeah i mean i think my family still offers me meat every single time they see me (laughs) and i know you're listening i don't want meat (laughs) don't mom don't tell me to drink bone broth (laughs) i don't want it um yeah i have you know my my family was great though i mean they're really understanding and they've been really supportive in the fact that like for birthdays and like special occasions and stuff like we always go to a vegan restaurant we always go to a restaurant that offers vegan options so they're super supportive in that sense and um you know then I got married to a non-vegan so that's always been an adventure but um we always go somewhere where I have good options and um yeah you know to the to the person who told you that like one person cannot change the world I just like couldn't disagree with that anymore because we do it takes it takes like hundreds of millions of individual people realizing that they can make the change right because just like you said be the change you want to be or be the change you want to see in this world right like that's all it is like if you want something to change go do that thing that you want to change like I do not like when people put their power in other people's hands like you have to take on your own power and realize how powerful you are because like Yes, you are a powerful person. One person is enough. And a millions of one people, can you imagine the change that we can make? So it's just like, we are powerful beings. Don't let anyone take that power away. We don't want to give that power to anybody else, right? We want to take that power into our own hands. And whether that's about sustainability or anything you see out in the world that you don't like, don't blame it on somebody else you go out there and be that change that you want to see and so I'm always about like taking back your power do it that way like and if and if someone's doubting your power it's because they're they're having their own insecurities that they have to work through um I would love to talk to that person (laughs) you would tear that person apart that person would be very afraid of you (laughs) yeah how dare they speak to you in that manner I'm offended (laughs) don't talk to my friend like that this is why we no longer are friends (laughs) not me and bianca me and the other person (laughs) because you're your soul tribe remember that's where it's at you need to be around people that you're aligned with but exact oh my gosh what you were saying i was hand clapping you while you were going at it that came from the soul from the heart and that goes oh well so long with people projecting and when people are so passionate about being against something that's when you take a step back and realize like like, that person needs to take a step back and realize, like, why they are being so, like, forceive on that because that's triggering something inside of themselves. Like, that person was extremely against being vegan. I don't know for what reason. Like, yeah. I have no idea because that's not my ego. That's their ego. And they need to realize, like, why someone else being vegan is triggering them so much. Yeah. Like, is there a little bit of guilt there? Are they feeling a little bit of like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be eating meat. Maybe I shouldn't be doing this. And instead of like, 
looking inward they're just projecting that out and being like I don't understand why you're not like like me like yeah. I don't understand why you're doing that because you're making them feel uncomfortable yeah instead of like them looking at themselves preach preach sister love that yeah I mean it's all true it's all true anytime somebody's triggered by something it just means that they're they need to do that internal work exactly so I have one question for you okay if I were trying to go vegan right now, right this second, didn't know anything, didn't know where to start, how would you point me in the right direction? Like, what should I be doing? What would be step number one? Oh my goodness. So I think what you mentioned about just stop buying animal products is the first step. Like, I love that because every week you're going to go to the grocery store. So, you know, stopping buying that and just using up what's in your fridge already. I love that. I haven't even thought of that before, but then I would go a step further. Like if you're eating out and stuff and, um, you know, it becomes very overwhelming, make yourself a schedule like that meatless Mondays or the vegan, vegan January thing challenge, or, you know, challenge yourself to a certain time period, whether it's two days, three days a week and really stick to that, um, you know, I heard this statistic uh, before, and it, it said if every single American incorporated meatless Mondays, that would save around 1.4 billion animals a year. Billion with a B. And that's only for if every American did meatless Mondays. So you can imagine if people expanded upon one day, if it was multiple days, and really just like picking a day and you know if it's really hard for you pick one day a week and just really cut down on your meat and your dairy consumption and take a step back and you know little by little little steps so that it becomes manageable you know and to go off of that a little bit so a huge thing is people love their meat they can't live without their meat yeah and personally that was never a huge issue for me like after transitioning I didn't have like crave like cravings and urges to like eat a steak I never ate steak like if I had a steak (laughs) like if like I would always eat chicken um but it would be like almost burned like I could not see any like red like I Mm -hmm. everything had to be well done like to the point where it's like not even like that's so funny (laughs) like the, the 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 concept of like the blood just like I can't do it but now companies have realized to kind of like to appeal to everyone and even the meat eaters and I think this is the coolest thing but a company Beyond Meat Burger and if you recall this is a company that Bianca invested in talking about um in our Power of Money episode so putting your money where your mouth is plug right there but um for Beyond Meat Burger when they were creating this product they wanted this to be a product for everyone they didn't want this to be another vegan like item on the shelf right they wanted to make a product that was there for everyone including meat eaters so when you go and buy beyond meat burgers they're not in the vegan section they are with all of the meat and like yeah not a huge fan of that because when i go grab it like it's in all the meat but i'm like okay like i see what they're doing here the packaging looks exactly like a burger mm-hmm. and they have sausages now and meatballs and like mm. it just it all look like it looks like a regular burger and when you cook it like they use beet juice so there's still that red yeah. and they made it in such a way that like 
someone that loved meat would still have their their craving satisfied mm-hmm. by eating this. Like it's not a it's not a veggie burger. And when they tested it, they had meat eaters come in and test it. They didn't ask the vegans who had been vegans for twenty years, right? They had meat eaters come in and be like, Yes, it tastes like meat. No, this doesn't try it again. Yeah. So like they have products that imitate the taste of meat. Yeah. So it's like if you want that meat craving, like it's there. Yeah. It's covered. If you want to do meatless Mondays and still have bomb burgers, like it's there. My mom only eats Beyond Meat burgers now. Like, she tried, after eating Beyond Meat burgers, she got a regular burger out and didn't like it and, and like, had stomach issues after. Yeah, meat eaters love Beyond Meat. It's true. Like, even if you, like, I cook this stuff at home and it literally smells like meat. Like, I have to open a window because it gets so, like, you know, what happens when you eat meat, it gets, like, you know, the house gets, like, um, what's it called? The smoke. It's, like, smoky, just like meat. It, like you said, the beet juice makes it a little red inside. It's always, at first it was a little weird because I was like, uh, this looks like meat. It smells like meat. It feels like meat. But... Yeah, that's a great transitional food. Like, maybe it's not something we should eat all the time because, again, it's not, like, super healthy. But it's a great treat, and it's a great transition food. Like, if you're transitioning from eating meat and you're eating real burgers every day, might as well switch that into a Beyond Burger and lower your cholesterol while you're at it. Done. (laughs) Love. Love. So one more thing that we wanted to mention, too, was the documentaries because we love documentaries. And, um... It's just like an easy way to learn more because there's this topic goes so much deeper than what we touched upon. And um, so, you know, there's definitely a lot of questions that we probably didn't answer and you might have more questions. So some really good documentaries that are kind of basic, like the go-to vegan documentaries. Um, one of them is called Game Changers. It's on Netflix and that's a really good one for athletes like people who work out and are very athletic and are concerned about that kind of aspect of going vegan that's a really great one because it talks a lot about the health aspect of going vegan then there's cowspiracy forks over knives and what the health those are three different um documentaries that are on netflix or amazon i can't remember but we will leave these down below in the show notes so you guys can reference them later on but it's always good to you know like if you're consuming television you should consume something informational and something that'll help you become a better person so those are just a couple of them that um you know we wanted to touch upon so I think that's it for our vegan, um, you know, our vegan episode. There's one more thing we wanted to touch on, Um, you know, one little takeaway from this episode, and it's just this quote. It was said by uh, Hippocrates, and it's, let food be thy medicine, or medicine be thy food. So just let that resonate with you. You know, does that bring up any feelings for you, Amanda? Yeah. <laughs> this is throwback to celery juice episode number one where um, I started making celery juice for my grandma and then after she didn't have to take Tums. So it's like either you're going to let food heal you or you're going to eat food and then figure out what medicine you need to take to heal you from the food that you're eating. Love. Done. Simple. It's so Healed. simple. It is. Yep. Food is our medicine, but it's also what causes us to need the medicine. Exactly. You heal from the inside out and what you consume, whether that is 
like from a media standpoint or TV or what you read to what you consume figuratively in the food that you eat that translates to so many different things in like your mental state or your body so just be conscious in general of what you're consuming because that affects you love that and the energy like when you eat animals that energy that fear the sadness that they experienced in their life like you are consuming that fear and anxiousness and so why we wonder we're so anxious all the time we're so fearful and xyz like those all those negative energies you're consuming them every single meal so it's important to think about that too because like you said we're consuming this stuff and it becomes a piece of us and that's includes energy so thank you for saying that and tying that together that is such an important part super important no it is like it it really is yeah yeah so i think that's it we're gonna do our tradition of a card pulling so today we're at amanda's house and i forgot my card deck at home so we are pulling from amanda's card deck and the card deck's name is work your light oracle cards um and We always use Bianca's deck, but, like, Bianca used the term, like, she forgot her, she forgot her cards, but, like, this is divine intervention because the card that we pulled here is so powerful, so I don't think it was, like, she forgot her cards. I think it was, like, the universe was, we're gonna use a different deck. We're gonna change it up. We're just gonna go with the flow (laughs) here because the card that pulled is amazing, and Bianca's gonna read it now, and I cannot wait for you guys to hear it because it is so beautiful. It's amazing. So... Uh, as Amanda was shuffling the cards, one immediately fell out of the deck, and obviously this was our card. And on the front of the card is a woman with long black hair flowing in the wind, and she is holding together a sword in front of her face, and the card is called Warrior Women. If you weren't afraid, what would you do? And so I'm just going to read the expert the expert the excerpt um, from the book that provides guidance on what this card means so what are you being called to do or face that requires courage if you weren't afraid what would you do living a heart and soul fed life is not all fully smooth sailing living a heart and soul led life requires courage to triumph over fear So often our fears are the gatekeepers to our greatest gifts. And the more resistance we have towards answering the call, the more important it is for our soul's growth. Sometimes fear is an indication that we are facing the right way. Joan of Arc was known for her courage and her famous line, I am not afraid, I was born to do this. But the thing about courage is that it is not possible without fear. So if you're feeling afraid, what is needed is courage, and courage comes from living from the heart. Think of your fears as opportunities to expand, rather than things that are holding you hostage. If you're looking at your fears in this light, as uncomfortable as it may feel, it's actually a sign that you are on the right track. Like a little self-exercise you can do is journal about like, if you weren't afraid, what would you do? Wow. It's crazy because sometimes we get stuck in a fear mindset and are conditioned, like, to not do certain things because, like, whether it's a fear within ourselves or a fear of what other people are going to think, like, for example, this podcast, right? Like, 
it's huge. Like we are putting ourselves out there, our thoughts out there. And to say that it was the easiest thing not to care what anyone else thought. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. Like it's detaching our own egos and our own like concepts that we create of ourselves to just like let go and to be and to do this for us and you said it perfectly earlier yeah like no I am doing like these are all um everything that we're doing now like for example for podcasts like that is purely for myself and it's it's literally like our heart is calling us towards this like my heart is like you have to do this like even though it's like very scary to buy a microphone and put talk into the microphone and say your feelings and um express your views and your thoughts and you know we don't show this side of ourselves to you know people in normal life like it takes time to get this deep and personal so it's a little scary to have this out there into the world and for everyone to listen and you know there's always going to be judgment i'm sure so that's very scary to me sometimes and as it should be right but it's about having that courage to be like we're fearful but we're still doing this like this is our calling and for whatever reason we're here and we feel called to do this so like we're gonna do it and it's scary but let's have that courage it's being comfortable being uncomfortable yeah so if something makes you uncomfortable figure out why and don't let that control you and that fear control you step out of it and overcome it with that courage do it just do it love that and for any men listening i know that you are 45 percent of our audience because we see the analytics just want to let you know that just because the card is warrior women we all have that feminine and masculine energy and we are constantly trying to find the right balance so just know that just because it said woman like oh no that's not for me like No, it is for you. It's for everybody listening right now. If you're listening to this, this card was meant for all of us. So just wanted to throw that out there because we all have that feminine. We all have that masculine energy and we're just trying to find that right balance between the two. Um, So don't be afraid to embrace the feminine and the masculine. Preach, preach, preach. The polarity is important. You need polarity in both for this world. So Thank you for reading that beautiful message and for closing that out for us. Thank you for listening. (laughs) Um, So with that said, um, thank you guys so much for listening to our podcast this week and taking time out of your schedules to follow along with us. We hope this was insightful for you guys. And if you like this podcast, please subscribe and follow us on Instagram at Vata Time, where we frequently post to keep you guys in the loop. And with that said, we'll see you next week. Thank you guys. Bye. Bye.